Virginia is for families, all sorts of families. My family, your family, your neighbor's family, for families of all species, for beach chair sitting families and paddleboard standing families, for families that like to camp outside and the ones that would rather museum inside. Yep, we got plenty of those to choose from. For mountain hiking families and would rather hang out by the pool resort going families. Come to think of it, that's more my speed. So, in conclusion, Virginia has all sorts of things your family could love. So, come love it for yourself. At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs make a difference. Like our Italian sub, piled high with Genoa salami, pepperoni, and Virginia honey ham. Or our Firehouse Meatball Sub with zesty marinara, both with melted provolone and Italian seasoning. Your choice, just $6.99 each for a medium and only for a limited time at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your order. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome back, everyone. Aaron Kadzi is our special guest. He is the um, co-producer, co-director of the Bridgewater Triangle documentary. His website is www.thebridgewatertriangledocumentary.com. First of all, Aaron, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Great pleasure talking to you. Congratulations. Three years, four years after it premiered, it's still out there doing well. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can take pride in the fact that if you go onto Amazon right now and type in paranormal documentary, the Bridgewater Triangle documentary comes up number one in the search. Excellent. Can't ask for much more than that. Yeah, you can. A, a super big deal with one of the networks. That would work, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, and that was unsolicited, too. We weren't even shopping it around. It just all of a sudden we got an email from Discovery, and yeah. you got to take that deal when it presents itself, for sure. Exactly. Exactly. So what are you working on been, now? Uh, been a wild ride. What are you working on now? Uh, we are um, I'm collaborating with a couple of other partners on what will be the first ever documentary film about an unsolved serial murder case that focused on the city of New Bedford, Massachusetts, called the New Bedford Highway Murders, which mm-hmm. occurred in uh, 1988. And to this day, it remains an unsolved serial murder case and one of the most well-known unsolved serial murder cases in the history of the United States. Why did you decide to focus on this? Well, we interviewed uh, Freetown Detective Alan Alves, who uh, was involved in the highway murders investigation because three of the bodies were dumped within his jurisdiction in the town of Freetown. And he, he said, you know, if you're looking for another topic, you should mm-hmm. do the highway murders. And I, of course, living around here, I know what the highway murders are, and I thought it would be an interesting topic. And uh, lo and behold, we started doing the research, and it's a very, very much a hot-button topic. There's a lot at stake and a lot involved here with uh, the 11 victims that were murdered as part of this this uh, this killer. And uh, so we tackled that subject. We try to pick subjects that we have local access to but could also garner a national audience. So that's why we picked the Highway Murders, and we're glad that we did. And uh, it's uh, building a lot of momentum, and it's going to be released as a three-part series rather than just a single documentary film. 
For any aspiring filmmakers listening tonight, what advice would you as a pro give them? Be able to wear a lot of hats in this industry. Uh, For example, with the Bridgewater Triangle, I I wrote the film, I shot the film, I was the director of photography, I co-directed it, co-produced it, I edited it from the first frame to the last, Mm -hmm. I handled the website, the marketing, the merchandising myself. You have to be able to wear a lot of hats. I mean, we made the Bridgewater Triangle documentary on a very, very modest budget. Basically, I mean, I'm, I, I run a video production company, so we didn't have to outsource a lot of tasks with that. But if you're able to do all of those things and you have the obsessive personality to get the thing done, you can you can accomplish a lot. Um, and, you know, the Bridgewater Triangle is a prime example of that. Uh, you know, the, we had, a, like I said, a very, very modest budget. We made back what we spent on the film with just the premiere. We are already in the black, and uh, that that is achievable. It's not it's not a dream. So that's that's the thing. You you know, it's kind of cliche to say that you can accomplish anything you set your mind to. to but w- in the realm of filmmaking, if you can wear enough hats mm-hmm. and perform enough of the tasks yourself, it is really feasible, especially with documentary. Let's say you're driving from one location to a shooting location. It's at nighttime. You're traveling on a lone highway. It's pitch black out. All of a sudden, you see a light in the sky. It comes down and lands in front of you. Lo and behold, it's a UFO. Out comes an extraterrestrial. What would you do? <laughs> well, hopefully, in my my line of work, I'd have a camera with me because that would be the first thing I'd be trying <laughs> to do. If I, you know, but I mean, that's easy enough to say. But then, when it's actually happening, you're probably uh, <laughs> missing your pants at that point. But. Uh, I'd like to think that I would try to capture some sort of documentation. What would your questions be to the visitor? Well, that's assuming that we could communicate with one another, but uh, I'd ask them where they're from, I guess, and how long it took them to get here and why they have an interest in this planet. And um, I think that that those would be my first questions. That raises a a question that I often ask our guests here on the Exxon. Why do you think that there hasn't been a major landing in Red Square, the, the lawn of the White House, since the Secret Service can't catch anybody there, apparently, uh, <laughs> Parliament Hill in Ottawa, Buckingham Palace in the Great Britain, and the list goes on and on and on. Why do you think contact hasn't been made yet? Official contact hasn't been made yet. Well, we don't know what the thought process would be of an extraterrestrial. We don't know if they have an understanding of power structure and command mm-hmm. structure, if they would even realize that those are the places where our our command chain of command leads to. Uh, they might have no interest in that kind of a thing. They might not have any concept of that. So maybe instead of landing on the White House lawn, they're landing down in the, the ice of Antarctica or... Uh, you know, out in the, the, the frozen fields of Siberia. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know what what interests them. We're just assuming that they'd be interested in the White House or the or Red Square because that's what we would be interested in. But Whether you need to restock the fridge or just have a sudden, intense craving for cheese puffs, Kroger Delivery will get you just what you need in as little as 30 minutes. From groceries to household items, Kroger delivers right to your door. So don't let one major craving have you reaching for your car keys. Open the Kroger app and start your cart, whatever the cart. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Delivery times not guaranteed. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. They might have a completely different consciousness that would not direct them to those things. As a member of the media, how do you feel about the way that the media is being looked upon by by citizens and other members of the media, as well as fake news. Uh, I think all news has a bit of a bias. Mm-hmm. Um, now, whether there's, you know, there there are fringe news outlets that regularly publish articles that make their way into social media that are, are by and large, debunked as as bogus. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of that going around. But as far as the mainstream outlets like a, a CNN or a Fox News or whatever, you know, they both have their political leanings. With you know, I think CNN leans left. I think Fox News leans right. Yeah. But whether anything they're saying is outright fake, I wouldn't necessarily say that. They may one side or the other try to slant something a certain way. But by and large, I think the mainstream media um, is less likely to publish fake quote-unquote fake news. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a buzz term that's gotten a little out of control. I think you just have to go into watching a certain network, one or the other, knowing what their leanings are and to be able to to research the other side of the argument that they might not be presenting. How do you see the the growing technology, like the computer, the the iPhone, the tablet, how do you see that changing the face of filmmaking and video production? Well, it's a major benefit to the independent filmmaker like myself. Uh, you know, the reason that we're on Amazon is mm-hmm. because they launched a new platform called Amazon Video Direct, which opens up the door for independent filmmakers to submit their own content without having to go through an aggregator or a dis- distributor or some sort of a third-party agent. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as they approve of the content that you're uploading, you upload it, and then uh, you're off and running. So I think that the advancing technology has benefited uh, independent filmmakers such as myself you know, very, very well. Uh, that, that's not exactly the term I was looking for, but I mean, we, we were able to upload our content without having to send a single tape. You know, it was just all done electronically from the comfort of my office without having to really lift a finger. And so the technology is, is helping us. And eventually, I think you'll see the collapse of traditional mainstream cable or satellite um, because people are finding alternative routes to, to, to view content. I mean, you've got Netflix, you've got Amazon Prime or Amazon Streaming, you've got Sling TV, and uh, people are watching things on demand. People are less likely to watch commercials and advertisements. So it's changing things. It's not necessarily changing things for the worse. I think it's changing things for the better. What are your final thoughts for the Exxon Nation tonight around the world? I was just an honor to be here tonight. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll shamelessly plug the next project, you know, the Highway Murders documentary. I think that's going to be a landmark film, and I hope people take the time to check it out. But other than that, I, I appreciate the listenership, and these are the people that are the ones that take the time to view films like the Bridgewater Triangle. And without these people, there would be no Bridgewater Triangle documentary. So, you know, we're honored to have made the film and had it be a moderate success and be able to talk about it. Uh, did you, was the, uh, was, uh, 
the Bridgewater Triangle documentary showing at uh, the, um, oh my gosh, oh, Sun, Sundance Festival? No, we, we actually were not all that successful in film festivals. Of the 12 to 13 we submitted to, we were only accepted into four. Hmm. Um, and I don't know if it's a content thing or, or, or what, or maybe it just didn't stack up to some of the other material out there, but out of all those festivals that we were in, how many of the films in those festivals can say that they sold to a major network? Probably True. not many. Exactly. So uh, we have that feather to stick in our cap, but you know, the festival circuit, we, we showed it at a few different festivals. Listen, give our listeners your website one more time. It's the uh, www.thebridgewatertriangledocumentary.com. It's a very long URL, but it's easy to remember. Thebridgewatertriangledocumentary.com. And it's available on Amazon Prime? It's available on Blu-ray or DVD on Amazon Prime or even on Vimeo, which is another video streaming service, but predominantly everybody's been viewing it through Amazon nowadays. The uh, DVD and Blu-ray sales have, have plummeted now that we're on Amazon, but that's okay. And if you've got Amazon Prime, you can watch it for free. It's out there. Aaron, continued success. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to join us. And I look forward to oh, the thank next you time. you very much. It was an honor. Look, uh, I look forward to the next time you join us down here in the Exxon to talk about your present project. Good luck with it. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good night, Aaron. Good night. Exxon Nation, uh, Aaron Kedzu was our special guest this hour. His website is www.thebridgewatertriangledocumentary.com. That's www.thebridgewaterdocumentary.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at com on all social media sites, TV. And our website, exxonradiotv.com, and to find out about all the great programming we have available for you 24 7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Too many Exxons. www.xzbn.net. I am Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. We'll be back on the other side of the news. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, 
Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Mnemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Mnemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere, Florida. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine such as hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining rooms can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you visit, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic downtown Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, Old Florida cuisine at its best. Welcome back, everyone. If you would like to send me an email suggesting a guest, or if you have any comments on a show that we've done, or if you'd just like to say hi, let us know where you're listening to us from. My email address is xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. Aaron Kedzie is our special guest. He is the co-producer, co-director of uh, the Bridgewater Triangle. The website is www.thebridgewatertriangledocumentary.com. Uh, tell us about the the filming. How long did it take you guys to from the time you decided to do the film until the time it had been totally edited and you had the finished copy in the can? That was probably about a four year process. Now keep in mind, you know, we were doing this uh, as a labor of love. We didn't get paid for this documentary. It was something that we worked on in our spare time. Mm-hmm. You know, I do video production for a living, um, so I had my regular clients and regular duties as a a video production specialist to adhere to, and then this was something that we devoted time to when we could. Um, The edit process took about 10 months, Wow! uh, but when it was all said and done, it was just under a four-year process. 
and we premiered the film in October of 2013. What has been some of the feedback you've been getting from viewers of the film? It's been universally pretty much positive. I mean, there's always going to be critics, and there's always going to be some negativity, but uh, it was widely more successful than we anticipated. I mean, we we premiered this thing on October 20th, 2013, to a sellout crowd of of 850 people. Uh, And a week after that, we played it to another sold-out crowd of 450, and by December of 88, I mean, uh, 88, jeez, by December of 2013, uh, we had been uh, contacted by Discovery Communications, mm-hmm. and they were interested in the U.S. broadcast rights, and so it's been uh, it's made its premiere on national television under the title America's Bermuda Triangle, which is uh, an edited-down version of, of the same film. It's uh, only a broadcast hour, so they basically cut the film in half for TV. But, you know, since then, we've also gotten it up on um, Amazon Prime and Amazon Streaming Video, where, you know, uh, close to three million minutes or more of the documentary have been streamed uh, in four different countries. So uh, it's been well received. The the feedback has been largely positive, and uh, it's far exceeded our expectations. Um, So so after having completed this, it's it's obviously been a a great success. It's still making uh, the rounds. Viewers are still watching it. Interest is being generated about not only the Bridgewater. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Triangle, but I'm sure other areas of mystery throughout the United States and other countries. Are you going to be doing a sequel? Are you going to be doing another documentary on another mysterious triangle in the world? At this point, I'm I'm kind of I'm wrapped up in a in a massive project right now that isn't is not a a paranormal documentary. I mean, it actually is a result of the Bridgewater Triangle documentary in a roundabout way. Uh, one of the witnesses that we interviewed in the Bridgewater Triangle had recommended this other topic as something that we should tackle. So, um, but as far as another documentary in the paranormal realm, it's not something that I'm opposed to. I mean, we've got a lot of. Uh, Submitted, people have submitted a lot of first-hand accounts and stories to us after the fact because we did this documentary. Mm-hmm. So it's always possible that we could do more uh, within the Bridgewater Triangle or maybe, like you suggested, tackle another region in another part of the country and do a similar project. Why do you think the paranormal is so popular even today in the year 2017? Um, because, you know, every town, every community across the country has their own stories mm-hmm. about, you know, the haunted house down the street or the, the creepy woods or, you know, the the the, uh, the legends and folklore. So it's something that everybody can relate to. And it's something that I think people go into it knowing that, yeah, we they're probably not going to prove the existence of, of this or that, but to watch these programs, it's part of the fun to see, you know, crews and ghost hunters go into these locations and to see people traipsing around in the woods looking for Bigfoot. There's something exciting about it, even if in the back of people's minds they really think, oh, they're probably not going to prove anything. But like I said, I think it's just a fun topic. It's fun to think about. It's fun to hope that something like that does exist. It's more exciting to think Bigfoot exists than, than it is to think that it doesn't. 
Um, so I think that's why it's, it's so popular. I mean, every single major network on television has some sort of a ghost hunting or UFO or Bigfoot hunting show, and uh, they have them for a reason. They get ratings and people watch them. That's one reason, but you know as well as I do, being in the industry, that with the deregulization of of the of the networks and the opening up of new channels, program directors need programming, and one of the cheapest venues to buy media from is the paranormal people. Yeah, I mean, people, we sold to a network, and mm-hmm. when I tell people that, they think, well, you should be on a on a yacht down in the Caribbean, living out your retirement, and that's yeah. just not the case. You know, they they it was one of those things where we were we were offered the deal, and we hadn't sold anything else to national television. We yep. had no no leverage, so we took what we could get. Um, you can't turn that down if you get that opportunity. But yeah, it's not, it's not an, you know, you don't get paid, <laughs> you know, ten, tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands or even millions of dollars. That's for right. You, you know, it's, it's, you just expect, you know, to have to do it again and try to try to have a little bit more leverage the second time around, I guess. Yeah. Plus, plus with the ability of people to take high definition video with their phones or their, you can go out and buy a $300 handheld camera make your own well, that's absolutely yeah. true yeah the, you know? the the digital age, the digital revolution has completely changed the filmmaking process i mean Big for time. for a couple thousand dollars you can get yourself a halfway decent camera mm-hmm. a couple more thousand get yourself a, a post-production editing system and then you're off and running where in the old days it was a quarter of a million dollars just to walk into just to, to have access to an editing suite so uh it's, it's changed the industry t- tremendously do you think that the television shows on TV, the the reality TV shows, are an asset or a hindrance to the paranormal community? Largely a hindrance. Um, we watched a lot of those programs, not to speak badly of those kind of programs, mm-hmm. but we watched a lot of those to learn what not to do with this documentary. Right. And we tried to make this documentary for the intelligent viewer of somebody that would watch it and say it was refreshing, mm-hmm. in a refreshing change from what they see on TV, largely. And that's that's the approach that we took, and we think we we struck a chord with that. It was it was something it's something that was a breath of fresh air, in an otherwise sea of of sensationalized, over dramatic nonsense. <laughs> when you were doing your premiere, um, were any of the people that you interviewed at your at your premiere, and if so, what were their comments about your final product? Oh, they were all very very supportive and very excited. Um, there wasn't anybody that was in the film that regretted being mm-hmm. in the film or had anything bad to say about what we had done. Um, you know, they're, they all, they've all benefited from it as well, especially the people that are, you know, we had eyewitnesses, but then we also had experts in the field and researchers who, you know, saw upticks in visits to their websites and they were able to sell books at the premiere and everything. So it, it benefited everybody. What was the most popular topic of your of your documentary was it bigfoot was it the ufos was it the curses it probably was um probably was the 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 half hour segment of the film that deals with the just under a half hour i should say the uh, freetown fall river state forest um because that a lot of that ties into incidents of true crime and uh you know alleged instances of ritualistic sacrifice of animals and really mm-hmm. gruesome stuff like that. But that's something that's a little more tangible than some of the other concepts that we, we covered. And I think that that segment of the film holds people's attention better. And not that, not that the film doesn't hold people's attention, but that segment in particular is the one that really grabs people. Were there any ghost or haunting stories in your, in your film? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and particularly, uh, the, there are two towns within the Triangle that have a very long history of, of reports of, of ghostly encounters. One is uh, Rehoboth, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and the other one is East Bridgewater, Massachusetts, both of those towns. And we covered uh, some hauntings in those locations as well. The only problem with covering hauntings is, you know, like I said, every single community has its haunted house or haunted graveyard or, or, or something like that. So to cover all of the hauntings in the Bridgewater Triangle would require uh, a multi-episode series uh, in and of itself, never mind all the Bigfoot UFO and true crime stuff sure. that we were trying to cover as well. Do you think that the, um, let me see how I can best phrase this, with the advent of all these paranormal shows, ghost shows, UFO shows that certain towns are monopolizing on the the ability to increase tourism, whether or not the paranormal activity is real or not? I, I'm not really well-versed enough in that to, to say. Okay. Um, to a degree, possibly, you know, and I can't say... Um, I've always thought that that these towns, these some of these communities could benefit from attaching themselves to the Bridgewater Triangle and trying mm-hmm. to to maybe have some sort of tourism attached to it. Especially a town like Rehoboth, um, that has such a long history of these kind of occurrences. I thought that they could potentially do that without coming across as, as really trying to take advantage of it too much. But I think there's a there's a fine line there between uh, between you know taking pride in, in a history like that, mm-hmm. but then also taking advantage of something like that. Okay, you shot the film in 2013. Here we are in 2017. Prior to you yep. shooting the film, when was the last actual paranormal account that you guys were able to research that didn't make the film? Uh, well, there was... Um, there's been a few UFO sightings that have happened after we released mm-hmm. the film. Um, but in terms of the last paranormal occurrence within the context of the time before the film came out, I, I don't really know, uh, to be honest with you. I, I think we tried to get some of the more recent stuff in right. there. Um, there may have been a couple of UFO sightings that happened in the late 90s that, 90s that we weren't able to get to specifically. Um, but by and large, I think we, we covered a lot of ground. If you were to redo your film today, or let's say if there was a time machine that could take you back to 2013, would you change anything? Possibly a couple things. Um, one of the, and to be honest with you, one of the things mm-hmm. that we do receive criticism for is whenever we interviewed an expert in the field, if they had published a book of any kind or done any kind of a publication, we made sure to mention that. I mean, people weren't getting paid to be in, in this documentary, and they were giving us their time, and we were kind of using it as credentials. But some people have seen it as we were trying to... Uh, to boost sales for these people, book people, people's books. And, you know, we thought, you know, if they get a couple book sales because of being in this sure. documentary, it's not the worst thing in the world. But we have caught some criticism for that, so maybe we would have toned that down. Who are some of the experts that you've had in your film? Uh, Lauren Coleman, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Belanger, who writes for uh, Ghost Adventures on the Travel Channel. He lives here in Massachusetts. Yeah, and he also, has, he also has his own website, ghostvillage.com. Yep. Ghostvillage.com, yep. yep. Jeff Belanger's probably the second highest profile guy. Uh, Tim Weisberg from Spooky South Coast, the radio program down here in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Christopher Pittman, who's been on Ancient Aliens a few times. Uh, John Brightman, who's been on Ghost Lab and uh, My Ghost Story, I believe. Um, and Christopher Balzano, who's uh, an accomplished author in this field. So quite a few guys, uh, with, with Coleman and Belanger probably taking the lead. Did you know that... Uh 
that um my gosh jeff belanger was a was a song uh songwriter i did i did know that he yeah. dabbled in music i i did know that um he's a he's a fantastic interview he is. um he's very witty yeah he's very quick on his feet he's very engaging and very entertaining and we were very excited when he agreed to be interviewed he's a gr- he's a great guy i've had the pleasure of yeah, uh, meeting awesome. and working with jeff over the years and uh He's a breath of fresh air in the industry as well. Aaron, stand by. Absolutely. You and I have to take our final break. Exonation. Aaron Kedzio is our special guest, and his website. All right, do you have your pens and paper ready? Okay, here we go. www.thebridgewatertriangledocumentary.com Again, www.thebridgewatertriangledocumentary.com Dot com, And we'll be back on the other side of this short break as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. 
healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome back, everyone. Aaron Kedzier is our special guest. www.thebridgewatertriangledocumentary.com And if you go onto YouTube and just put in the search engine Bridgewater Triangle, you'll find a number of great documentaries. But make sure that, uh, that the ones you're looking for are the Bridgewater Triangle Store.bigcartel.com And just give me a second here, Exonation. I'll find some other... Uh, I guess the best way would just go on to be to go on to YouTube and and search for the Bridgewater Triangle documentary, right? Yeah, that's correct. And uh, I don't know how many how many listeners you have down in the U.S. I'm sure there's some. Oh, we've got uh, tons down in there. If there are um, members, if people are members for Amazon Prime, which is similar to Netflix, you can watch the film for free on Amazon Prime right wow. now. Um. You can just search Bridgewater Triangle on Amazon. It'll be the first thing that pops up. Super. Um, okay, let, let's get down to the basics. When was the Bridgewater Triangle first discovered, and by who, and how? I wouldn't say discovered so much as uh, defined. Okay. And, you know, the, the stories about this region date back to colonial times. And uh, the region was first defined by the uh, world-renowned cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman, who... Um, had moved to Massachusetts from California. He settled in the Boston area. And naturally, he started doing investigations for unexplained occurrences and particularly cryptid animal sightings in Massachusetts. And he kept getting a lot of reports Mm -hmm. surrounding an area in southeastern Massachusetts called the Hockamock Swamp. And he kind of expanded that area to other reports that were coming from that region. 
and the Bermuda Triangle was a hot topic at that time, and he kind of defined this area as the Bridgewater Triangle. So whether or not it's really a triangle or not is kind of uh, something that's up for debate. It's more or less just like a hot spot or an alleged right. hot spot for unexplained occurrences. So he first coined the phrase Bridgewater Triangle back in the late 70s. Do you have any reason or during the filming of your documentary or during the research uh, phase of the of the script for the Bridgewater Triangle, were there any hypothesis on why this area is so um, active with paranormal activity? Well, the most popular theory is that um, there was a, uh, a major uh, war between the indigenous people, the Wampanoag tribe, and the uh, English settlers back in 1675 and 1676, where uh, on a per capita basis, it still remains the bloodiest war in American history. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. not nearly as many people were killed as, say, during the Civil War, but for the amount of people that were in the, po- in the area at the time, um, you know, we're talking about 5% of New England's combined population was wiped off the map as a result of this conflict. And a lot of the major engagements and initial battles in that war took place in the, in the vicinity of the Bridgewater Triangle region. Hmm. And there's, there's rumors that the Native Americans possibly placed a curse on the land after they were cheated out of their land. So that's probably the primary theory as to where some of the odd occurrences are coming from with the Bridgewater Triangle. Whereas other people say maybe the area had... Uh, reputation for the odd and the unexplained or the bizarre before that, and the, maybe the war was a result of that as well. So it's kind of a chicken or an egg thing that you never mm-hmm. really get the answer to. You know, I, I, how did being a skeptic affect your involvement in the film, and how did it affect the film itself? Well, you know, like I said, I walked into this project. Well, I, I walked into this project probably about a ninety-nine percent skeptic, and mm-hmm. still walked away ninety-six. But there were a few things that took place during that that took place during the film, or things that we talked about on the yeah. film that even made me take a step back and question that. But I think being a skeptic helped in the production of the documentary because we weren't, as a result, we weren't trying to shove any of this down anybody's throat as 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 one hundred percent indisputable fact. We felt it was our job to just relay the information, collect the stories from the first-hand eyewitness accounts, and just let them tell their stories and basically let the viewer decide whether they think these people are telling the truth or not. You know what? I, I, I applaud that type of, of uh, creative filmmaking and video. It seems today that so-called reality TV is anything but reality TV. And um, what you just described, in my opinion is the way it should be done. Let the viewer or the listener or the reader make up your mind. I see my job as a broadcaster, whether I'm doing the TV show or whether I'm doing the radio show or or writing, is to bring as much information as I can to the venue. Get it out there and let the listener or the reader or the viewer make up their mind. That's exactly, that's correct. I mean, the the paranormal is a virtually impossible thing to, to prove. Right. I mean, people have been studying the paranormal for hundreds of years, and no, nothing's ever been proven. Mm-hmm. And so we knew we weren't going to prove anything with this documentary. We were just relaying the information. Uh, more than that was you were giving your, you are giving your viewers a history lesson. That's, see, that's, and that's something I was going to mention to kind of yeah. escape my, my mind, but when people watch this documentary... This is there's a lot of history woven into the story and a lot of mm-hmm. true history woven into the yep. story and it's very different from what people are expecting. Um, people, I think they hear paranormal documentary and they automatically get visions of kids running around in the woods with cameras, kind of like a Blair Witch Project type right. of a thing. And this is very different from that. 
When you were doing your documentary, what was the one story that made you scratch your head and say, hmm, not, not the experience with the lights, but the story itself? We, we tracked down a gentleman named Bill Russo who had a bizarre encounter in 1990 uh, just outside of the Hockamock Swamp in a town called Raynham. He used to work the night shift, and he got home from his shift, and he took his dog out for a walk, mm-hmm. and he and his dog encountered this three-foot-tall, hair-covered creature that tried to communicate verbally with him and his dog and actually at one point beckoned them to, to, to come closer, and he claims that he and his dog were paralyzed with fear. But the thing that stuck, struck, struck me with that story was, you know, I went up alone to interview Bill Russo. He was, at that point, he was living out on Cape Cod in Massachusetts, and I drove to his house and interviewed him there. And when he was telling that story, he just came across as so credible, so genuine, that I absolutely believe he saw something that yep. he cannot explain. Now, what he saw, I can't say, but it was the most convincing story I've ever, I've ever told in a documentary. And while we were shooting, I can remember just the hair on my arm standing up, the hair on the back of my neck. And to this day, it probably remains one of the most memorable uh, segments in the documentary film. You know, there are a lot of reports of Bigfoot. Lauren Coleman has done a magnificent job of, of trying to uh, bring enough evidence and proof without having to bring a cadaver of a Bigfoot to the public to prove that Bigfoot does exist. And, and yet there are so many researchers that are trying their very best to, to find Bigfoot. And even with all the technology we have available today, Aaron, it seems that Bigfoot is smarter than we are because to this very day, there is no evidence or proof that Bigfoot does exist. Well, you know, the skeptic in me is going to say, add to that and say, you know, every time there is a photo, an alleged photograph or an alleged video of Bigfoot, it always happens mm-hmm. to be blurry or grainy yeah. and impossible to see, even with the, the state-of-the-art cameras that are equipped on every cell phone nowadays. So, you know, I... There's a, there's, a, there's a guy we interviewed in the documentary. His name is Derek Gunn, and he, um, he has a theory that Bigfoot might be an interdimensional type phenomenon where when it's there, you're physically seeing it because it's there, but when it, it, it can choose to, to cross dimensions and vanish, and you know, it's kind of an out-there theory, but it's, more, it's one of the more interesting ones that would give you some sort of an explanation as to why a, a Bigfoot has never been you know, proven to, to exist or why one has never, why we've never found a, a dead Bigfoot or why, you know, we've never captured one. All because right. Because it's some sort of an inter, interdimensional thing. Let, let me throw this at you. Sure. You know, with the modern technology we have, with drones and flare and helicopters, you know, it wouldn't be very hard if somebody wanted to take a serious, I mean a serious look into the Bigfoot phenomenon just to do a grid using a FLIR camera on a drone. Like, what you know, yeah. What am I missing here? What am I missing? Uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's a matter of the people that are, are looking to do that are not the ones that have the tools to do it. I, I don't really have an explanation yeah. for you. Um, you, you know, maybe it's, a, maybe it's a funding issue um, to have a drone that could, could do that kind of a flight pattern for that long of a period of time would be, you know, more costly than, you know, flying a drone up in the sky for 15 minutes, which is usually the, the average flight time of a consumer drone. So I, you know, I, 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 I don't have much more of an explanation yeah. for you other than that. What is your take on UFOs? I absolutely 100% believe that we are not alone in the universe. The, the universe is too vast. Mm-hmm. There's too many, there's, what, how many billions of galaxies they've estimated in the, in the observable universe? 
uh, to suggest that this one tiny speck in this corner of our galaxy is the only place where there's life is ridiculous. And whether, whether extraterrestrials have actually visited us or not, I can't say, but mm-hmm. I absolutely believe in life on another planet, and it would not surprise me if there's a race of, of beings somewhere else that have the technology to send craft that are far more advanced than anything we have here on this planet, and they have visited the outer reaches of our, of our atmosphere or even flown over cities and towns. There's, there's a lot of uh, uh, encounters that just defy logic and def- defy explanation. What I can't understand is why people think that these extraterrestrials must be carbon-based units and that we would easily recognize them as aliens. Well, it plays into the whole concept of life as we know it. That's right. And we don't know everything about the, the, the universe and mm-hmm. even things within our own galaxy. So there may be some form of life that is different from what we know life to be. Part of your documentary entitled The, the Bridgewater Triangle Documentary Deals with Indian curses. Do you think, as, as a skeptic, as a filmmaker, and as someone who has uh, researched the curses within the area, do you think that curses are real? No, I, as, as far as, you know, the Native Americans, you know, I mean, if you go back to King Philip, so yes, a lot of the engagements and battles took place within the boundaries of southeastern Massachusetts, mm-hmm. but the war spread. There were, there were towns out in western Massachusetts that were burned down that are well outside of the Bridgewater Triangle, and some of those towns took, took 70 years to be re-inhabited by settlers. That's wow. how bad the damage was. So why, why the Native Americans would place a curse just on this little corner of Massachusetts doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. And the thing with the Bridgewater Triangle is a skeptic that I... That I kind of say is that people that live here are living in an area that that they know has been defined as an area for unexplained occurrences so people that are here have a heightened awareness to that so if somebody's walking in the woods in the bridgewater triangle and they hear something crashing through the trees or if they see a light that they can't explain or mm-hmm. or something like that they automatically are going to attribute it as to being paranormal unexplained and part of the whole phenomenon of the Bridgewater Triangle, where if you took that same person and they experienced that in an area where there wasn't a reputation for, for, for that, um, they might attribute it to a deer running through the woods or a plane in the sky. So I think there, there is a propensity for people to attribute things that aren't necessarily paranormal to, uh, to things that, you know, they think, are, are, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but they're attributing the paranormal, the, things to the paranormal that aren't necessarily paranormal is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and I think it's because they're living in an area where they have this heightened awareness. Aaron, please stand by. You and I have to take another break. For the news at the bottom of the hour, Exonation. Aaron Kadzia is our special guest, and he is the co-director, co-producer of the Bridgewater Triangle documentary. You can go on to uh, YouTube and type that in and get a preview. His website, www.thebridgewatertriangledocumentary.com. And Aaron and I will be back on the other side of this break with the news as we continue investigating the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology right here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. President of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? I'm Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, and on The Secret to Everything, we will merge the practical with open investigation into all realms of the mysterious. We will talk to cutting-edge alternative health practitioners, those who inspire and motivate you in business and life, and of course, we will share stories of the paranormal, conspiracy, and cryptozoology. You will transform because of the frequency I carry, the frequencies my guests carry. Life may never be the same after you listen to this program. For the secret to everything is for you, the listener. For those who desire more in every area of their lives and believe that it can still be found. Listen and discover thesecrettoeverything.com. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, 
every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an eight-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you around the world from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Radio X across Europe, Talkstar Radio Network, and our growing family of broadcast affiliates, satellite programming providers, as well as internet audio feeds. If you'd like to check us out on any of the social media sites, it's very simple, Exxon Radio TV. Our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. And to find out all about the Exxon Broadcast Network, the 24-7-365 programming that we have available for you, just go to xzbn.net. All right, Exxon Nation, everybody's heard of the Bermuda Triangle. Everybody's heard about the Great Lakes Triangle. Today we're going to be talking to... Aaron Cadieu, about the Bridgewater Triangle, which refers to an area of about 200 square miles, or for us Canadians, 520 square kilometers, within southern Massachusetts in the United States, claimed to be the site of alleged paranormal phenomena, ranging from UFOs to poltergeists, orbs, balls of fire, and other spectral phenomena, various Bigfoot-like sightings, giant snakes, and thunderbirds. Now, just uh, some of the historic places and landmarks within the Bridgewater Triangle include Huckamuck Swamp, Digton Rock, Freeton Fall River State Forest, and Profile Rock. Some of the other paranormal claims include Bigfoot sightings, Thunderbird sightings, animal mutilations, as well as Indian curses. My guest this hour is Aaron Kedju, and Aaron is... The gentleman behind the Bridgewater Triangle documentary, his website is thebridgewatertriangledocumentary.com. And Aaron, welcome back to the Exxon. It's been a long time since you've been with us. Oh, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate that. Aaron, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became so interested in the Bridgewater Triangle. Well, I'm a documentary filmmaker by trade, mm-hmm. but uh, when I was in uh, in college for uh video production and filmmaking i was looking for a document a topic for a documentary uh researching uh, allegedly haunted locations in massachusetts came across information about the bridgewater triangle 
learned that where I grew up in uh, North Dartmouth was about six miles down the road from the Freetown State Forest, which I was very well aware of as a kid in the stories that came out of there. Mm -hmm. Once I saw that that tied into the overall concept of this 200-square-mile Bridgewater Triangle, I thought it would be an interesting topic for a documentary, and I'd done a, a short 30-minute student film in college about the Bridgewater Triangle, but always thought that you know it would make for a good topic for you know a legitimate 90-minute feature documentary when I had a little bit more experience under my belt. So fast forward to about 2010, I met up with a, a guy from East Bridgewater named Manny Famolare, mm -hmm. who was uh, into the Bridgewater Triangle, and we kind of pooled our resources and did the first ever documentary film about the Bridgewater Triangle. Well, first of all, congratulations on your DVD, your video. And, um, oh, thank you. While you guys were shooting, and I've got about two minutes before I have to take my first break, while you guys were yep. shooting, did you experience any paranormal phenomenon yourselves? Um, there was one incident that took place while filming an interview in the Freetown Fall River State Forest where the lights shut off uh, during uh, one, of the, one of the interviews that we were shooting. And the interesting thing about it was the, the light shutting off a second time during the interview, and it was uh, in direct response to the interviewee uh, basically teasing the spirits or alleged, alleged spirits, I wow. should say. He, he turned as if he was like addressing a ghost, mm -hmm. and as soon as he did that, the light shut off a second time. And even as a skeptic, that's the closest thing I've ever had to a paranormal occurrence in my in my life. Well, I have to tell you, I was uh, with Creepy Canada for three years as as the consultant to the producers, as well as the uh, the voiceover artist. And I'll tell you, some of the stories that I heard from the technical staff that I that grew to be friends, as well as the producer and director Bill Burke. You know, they'd go to alleged haunted locations, and uh, during the during the shooting of the episode, the batteries would drain, the lights would go out, unexpected, unexpected technical problems. So this seems to be something that is quite common when shooting something within the paranormal. Yeah, I've, I've run into other people that have experienced that kind of thing as well. I mean, I don't consider myself a paranormal researcher mm -hmm. or an investigator. This was a, you know, a one-off topic, then sure. you know, the project I'm working on now has nothing to do with the paranormal, but... Um, you know, I've never experienced a technical issue like that again since. I mean, this was a, an interview that was kind of impromptu. We shot it out in the woods with a battery-operated light. Yep. But we put brand-new batteries in the light before we started the interview. So there was no real explanation for what happened. Aaron, please stand by. You and I have to take our first break. Exonation. Aaron Kedzie is our special guest. www.thebridgewatertriangledocumentary.com. And Aaron and I will be back on the other side of this break. I am Rob McConnell. This is The Exxon, and you're listening to us on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio, and Radio X.